Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Europa League, Thursday, December 7th, 2017. Arsenal versus Bate Borisov. Kickoff, 8.05 p.m. The contents. The manager, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Per Mertesacker. Voice of Arsenal. Hospital. Player feature, Eddie Enkatea. Youth. Young Gun. European firsts. In the mix. Women. Match action, Arsenal versus Manchester United. Visitors, Bate Borisov. 1998. My story. Teams. The boss, Arsene Wenger. The group may be one, but tonight represents an opportunity to shine. Arsene was talking to Josh James. I was very angry to have lost Saturday's game, especially because we produced a quality performance with desire. We were strong mentally, and overall, in a game of that stature, to have 33 shots on goal and nothing to show for it is hard to take. When you see the potential we have, the way we started at the back was very difficult to swallow. We know we need to be dominant in the challenges, and the first two goals were hard to accept. We produced an excellent performance, but we conceded three goals, and we had at least ten chances, but were not efficient enough in the box. That's the reality of it, and I feel sorry for the players because our spirit was outstanding. The quality of our performance was outstanding as well, but at the end of the day we weren't efficient enough because we didn't start enough in areas where it matters. Football is about efficiency in both boxes, and at the back and front we weren't efficient enough. The best way to deal with the situation is to turn up with a series of consistent performances, starting from tonight. My team selection won't be affected too much by the fact that we've already won the group. I have many players available who need competition. Next week we go into a spell with three games, and so some players need competition, some experienced players. We'll play quite an experienced team tonight. 
I've selected a few young players at times throughout the group stage. They've been absolutely outstanding, and I must say one of the positives of this season is that the behaviour of the squad is remarkable and impeccable. On the subject of that, I'd like to congratulate Matt Macy, Ben Sheaf and Eddie and Keitia on their new contracts. I said many times, even in training, when I play the team who played in the Europa League against the team who played in the Premier League, it's very difficult to predict who will win the game. We have a quality squad on very even ground. They are all very good and that's why as well there's no coincidence that we qualified. I must say that the players who have played in Europe have shown first of all that they have the quality needed, secondly they have the right attitude and finally they are getting the required level of competition. That's the most important thing to be able to play football games. So if you are getting these opportunities you cannot say on top of that you are unhappy. You could understand them being unhappy if they weren't playing at all, but they are. And maybe later in the season you will see these players in the Premier League more and more. We are in competition, and I try to show all my players as much respect as I can by giving them opportunities to show their qualities. Many of them have played in the Premier League as well, don't forget, and will do so more this season. We've benefited from rotation, so far as lack of injuries are concerned. I think we missed an opportunity on Saturday to take advantage of that, because we were physically quite strong in the game. But we are in a position where we have to take the month of December in a very serious way, be efficient, and hopefully we can benefit from that. Tonight I play with a back four, and in that system I see Mathieu Debussy as a right-back, as opposed to when we play a back three, when I would say he is more of a right-sided central defender than a wing-back. He is more experienced as a defensive player today than an offensive player in that system. He is more suited to bring his intensity as a central defender, but as part of a back four, he is an excellent full-back. First of all, he is 100% professional, he is respected by everybody and has a huge level of commitment. He is a quality player as well, of course. He's very good on the ball technically, and contrary to what his size would suggest, he is excellent in the air. Look, he is an experienced France international. You do not play for the France national team if you are not an exceptional footballer. It's more the fact that Hector Bellerin has taken over from him here because he got injured a few times. But now he looks fine again. He is a regular Premier League player, Matcher. Maybe he is a bit of a forgotten man for some because he was injured and went out on loan as well, but he is still a top-class player who is hugely respected. As far as the rest of our team news is concerned, we just have a problem with Schroeder and Mustafi from the weekend. He has a thigh injury, but it's only a small one. If he's not back for the weekend he will be back for West Ham United. Enjoy the game. The Captain Pear discusses the team's character and has a message for the youngsters. I think we made it really tough for ourselves on Saturday. We didn't give ourselves a chance because of our mistakes in the first 15 minutes. We tried to play from the back when we couldn't. 
made some mistakes and paid heavily for them. Despite that, the morale of the team, the desire to come back, was great to see and it was a great game to watch for the neutral. We're just disappointed with the outcome because we could have done so much better by giving ourselves a chance in the first 10 minutes. Even at 2-0 down against a defence-minded team, we managed to create so many chances. What I liked was the level of our response to that bad start. We had enough chances to get level and even in front, but as I mentioned, it's all about us giving ourselves a better chance by taking care of the ball better. On the other hand, you can't question the character of this team. Saturday showed that again. We've been written off in the past, but no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we're always ready to fight and come back from that situation. The atmosphere in the stadium was special. The crowd gave us a huge lift, especially at 2-0 down. You could feel some worry at that point. But the way the team and the crowd reacted to create that noise, that atmosphere was spot on. The way we played after we went 2-0 down was absolutely amazing. We put Manchester United under so much pressure and even with their defensive mindset, we made so many chances. We have to take into our next games. We need to keep that strength, that character and focus more on competing for the ball in important zones of the field. Let's implement that tonight. We've qualified as group winners with a game to spare and as a team, we've done a fantastic job. The manager has given people the opportunity to play, especially those that haven't had the chance in the Premier League. We've got the results, we've kept going and we've trusted each other to go for it. The young players have come in and have performed well. Tonight is an extra game for us to show our potential and try to force ourselves into the Premier League side. It's been fantastic for us so far, but we need to keep going and keep convincing the manager that he can trust every single player regardless of the competition we play in. This competition helps to keep everyone hungry and in the same boat, with the feeling that everyone is needed. In terms of the pathway of this club, how we implement young players into the first team, the Europa League has been a success for us this season. We want to keep going with that. We want to push forward and take this evening's chance to express ourselves. The young players have gained experience very quickly, along with the sense of what it means to play for Arsenal at the Emirates and away from home under the floodlights. It's huge to get a feel of what it means to play at that stage and to gain experience at a level like this while so young. Now I want to see them really take advantage of that. It's not just about being in the squad or in the starting eleven, but making the most of the opportunity. As young players, you need to develop quickly. It's easy to impress once, but to do it on a consistent basis is the real deal, if you are to have continued success. Eddie Nketiah, Ben Sheaf and Matt Macy all signed new deals this week, and I'd like to congratulate them on that. But after the signature comes the real work. This should send a message to those guys to continue showing that they're worth the contract, the trust. We want to build cohesion here, and the players understand that. 
The guys know they have to work on every facet of their game to keep improving. Finally, I'd just like to take this chance to discuss the great experience of visiting the Whittington Hospital on Tuesday. We feel honoured to be able to visit hospitals to bring joy to families and kids. It's only a little gift we can give to help improve young people's lives for a day and put a smile on their faces. It was a humbling experience and we should feel very privileged to be in a position like that. Wherever you can bring joy to people, especially during their Christmas period, when nobody wants to be in hospital. The love we received from employees, from people who worked there, from the kids in hospital and from parents was great to see. Everyone I spoke with afterwards was really happy that we made that trip and to create that experience. That's what it's all about, especially to stay in the community and build relationships. That's so important. Thanks for your support. Voice of Arsenal It's Forest in the FA Cup. We will start our defence of the Emirates FA Cup by travelling to Nottingham Forest in the third round of the competition. The last time we faced the Championship Club was in the League Cup in September 2016, winning 4-0 at the City Ground. On that evening, Lucas Perez scored his first two goals for us, with Granit Xhaka and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain also on target. We last played Forest in the FA Cup in 1992-93, when an Ian Wright brace saw us to a 2-0 fifth-round win at Highbury, en route to lifting the trophy for the sixth time. We've progressed beyond the third round of the competition in every season since 1995-96 when we were beaten by Sheffield United after a replay. Our trip to Forest will be played over the weekend of Friday, January 5th to Sunday, January 7th. Stay close to arsenal.com for details of when the game will take place. Christmas Jumper Day Arsene Wenger and the first team squad are supporting Save the Children's Christmas Jumper Day campaign on Friday, December 15th. We've created a range of exclusive festive knits which carry a 20% donation of the RRP, £35, to Save the Children. Additionally, we will dedicate our Premier League home match against Newcastle United on Saturday, December 16th to the Arsenal Foundation. The traditional annual fundraiser will see the manager and players donate a day's wages to the cause and encourage supporters to get involved. Combating Ticket Touts We worked with the Metropolitan Police to mount an operation to combat ticket touts at the game against Manchester United. The operation resulted in the apprehension of nine suspected touts and the confiscation of hundreds of tickets. More than 200 Arsenal memberships were also cancelled for misuse. Stadium director John Beattie said, We work on an ongoing basis to minimise the activities of touts. Our fans are the people who suffer, either through paying inflated prices or receiving counterfeit tickets. We would remind supporters they should only ever buy tickets through official club channels. Inspector Steve Murfin of Islington Police said, The Metropolitan Police Service are pleased to work in partnership with Arsenal FC and Islington Council at reducing the supply of illegal ticket sales, which can result in disorder within the stadium. 
Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Ref Watch Robert Schorgenhofer This evening's referee is Robert Schorgenhofer from Vorarlberg in Austria. He became a FIFA referee in 2007 and has taken charge of numerous international matches. This is his sixth season officiating in the Europa League. In eight games in the Austrian League this season, Robert has shown 53 yellow cards and three reds. Europa League stats. Shots. 15 for Olivier Giroud. 13 for Theo Walcott. 5 for Jack Wilshire. 3 for Alexis, Francis Coquelin and Rob Holding. 2 for Callum Chambers, Per Mertesacker, Rhys Nilsson and Mohamed Elneny. Chances created, 9, Jack Wilshire, 8, Thea Walcott, 7, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 5, Alex Iwobi, 3, Alexis, Olivier Giroud and Mohamed Elneny. Passes, 410 for Mohamed Elneny, 356 for Rob Holding, 302 for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 250 for Per Mertesacker and 244 from Francis Coquelin. Crosses, 21 by Thea Walcott. 14 for Jack Wilshire, 12 for Mohamed Elneny, 11 for Ainsley Maitland-Niles and 5 for Race Nilsson. Clearances, 17 by Matthew Debuchy, 12 for Rob Holding, 10 for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 8 for Mohamed Elneny and 6 for Shkodran Mustafi and Race Nilsson. 699 and counting. Arsene Wenger comes into tonight's match just one win away from his 700th as our manager. This is his 1,000th, 199th game in charge since taking over in 1996. His current record is played 1,198, won 699, drawn 258, lost 241. Four. 2,226 against 1,179. The Arsenal manager with the next most wins for the club is Bertie Mee with 241. Above and beyond. Congratulations to Amy Walsh, who went above and beyond with her programme selling skills against Manchester United on Saturday. Amy deservedly won a Puma track jacket and football and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Europa Draw. The draw for the round of 32 of the Europa League takes place at 12pm on Monday, December the 11th at the House of European Football in Nyon, Switzerland. The 12 group winners and the four best third-ranked teams in the UEFA Champions League group stage are seeded. They will be drawn against the 12 group runners-up and the remaining third-placed UEFA Champions League sides. 
No team can play a club from their UEFA Europa League group or aside from the same national association. Games will be played on Thursdays the 15th and 22nd of February. The seeded teams are at home in the second leg. Coming up. On Saturday, the under-18s are at Swansea City. Sunday, we travel to Southampton in the Premier League. Also on Sunday, our under-23s visit Manchester City and Arsenal women host Liverpool. On Wednesday, it's a trip to West Ham United for the first team. Also on Wednesday, the under-18s host Sheffield, Wednesday, in the FA Youth Cup. Community Spirit Arsenal stars have been busy spreading festive joy. On Tuesday, December the 5th, Arsenal Football Club continued our long-standing Christmas tradition of spreading festive cheer in our local community. Arsene Wenger's squad and members of Arsenal women visited hospitals and schools in North London, meeting local youngsters and handing out Christmas presents. Players visited young patients at Whittington Hospital, Homerton Hospital and a Teenage Cancer Trust unit. Players also dropped in on Blessed Sacrament Primary School to help out with an Arsenal in the community double club session and Stoke Newington Secondary School for a girls football session. The visit comes ahead of the Arsenal Foundation's dedicated charity match day against Newcastle United on December the 16th when the manager and first-team players will donate a day's wages to support projects in the local community and around the world. Teenage Cancer Trust and Stoke Newington School, where the foundation has helped to refurbish a new AstroTurf pitch, are two of the many organisations the Charity Match Day has been able to support already. Per Metasaka, who led the trip to the Whittington, said, I've been at Arsenal for seven years now, and this is my seventh visit to Whittington Hospital. It means a lot to us, for the men's and women's players, to all come together and give a little bit back, especially at this time of year. Whittington Hospital, Alexis, Granit Xhaka, Sayed Kolasinac, Nacho Monreal, Heather O'Reilly, Alex Scott and club captain Per Metasaka made a trip well-travelled over the decades by Arsenal players to hand out gifts to children on the wards of the Whittington in Archway. Hermiton Hospital Francis Coquelin, Rob Holding, Petra Cech, Jeff Ren Adelaide and Schroeder Mustafi filled their sacks and dropped into the Homerton Hospital in Hackney where the young patients were thrilled to meet the famous visitors. Teenage Cancer Trust Olivia Giroud, Mesut Ozil, Laurent Koscielny, Thea Walcott and Hector Bellerin headed into central London and enjoyed handing out presents and spending time with youngsters at a unit that has a long association with the club. Blessed Sacrament School, Danny Welbeck, Jack Wilshire, Alex Iwobi, Mathieu Debushi and David Ospina went back to school with a visit to the Blessed Sacrament Junior School just over a mile from Emirates Stadium at King's Cross. The players helped the young students with their Arsenal Double Club module and provided loads of early Christmas presents. Stoke Newington School Tuba Agpom, Ainsley, Maitland and Niles, Aaron Ramsey and Callum Chambers headed a stone's throw from Highbury to Stoke Newington Secondary School where they helped with a girls' football session, 
providing coaching tips and inspirational team talks to the younger players. There are 18 photographs with this report in the hard copy. The Player Interview Eddie and Katia As an Arsenal fan growing up, Eddie and Katia dreamed of making his debut for us and used the playgrounds and parks of Lewisham to hone his craft. At nine years of age, he joined Chelsea and spent five years at the West London Club before the decision was made to let go of him at 14. Seeing the opportunity to pick up a player with much promise, one of our scouts, Ian Gilmore, swooped in to land Eddie and bring him to the club that he dreamed of playing for his entire life. Since then, Eddie's gone from strength to strength. A prolific scorer at youth level, he made his senior debut at the home of tonight's opponents before marking his first appearance at Emirates Stadium by scoring twice, including with his first touch to give us a 2-1 Carabao Cup win over Norwich City. And this week, a new long-term contract was signed too. So it's safe to say things are going pretty well. The fans have certainly taken Eddie to heart and the man himself is loving how things are going right now too. Eddie, let's start by talking about your new contract. How pleased are you to sign it? It's a great feeling for me and my family to sign a new contract. It's a big achievement and to know that the boss as faith in me is really a huge confidence boost. So hopefully now I can just kick on and do really big things for the club. You've been involved with the first team a fair bit this season. That all started in pre-season. How beneficial was being involved in that? It was huge and allowed me to improve my game, as I was training with the first team day in, day out over there. I think it evolved my game, and it was just a great experience in general. Fingers crossed, I just get more and more experiences like that. I managed to get some minutes against Bayern Munich, and went up against some of the best defenders in the world, in the Hummelers and Alaba. So it was a really good test, which improved me. It made me even more hungry for this upcoming season, and gave me the right mentality to push on, and work hard to really get more opportunities because ultimately that's my end goal, to play against the best players in the world more often. It's Bait Borisov tonight. What was it like to make your debut against them earlier this season? I got on for a few minutes at the end, and it was a great feeling. I've been working to that point for my whole career, so it was a massive moment. It was a bit overwhelming, but a great night overall. I'm an Arsenal fan, so growing up, it was something that I'd always dreamed of, from playing in the playground and in the park. I'd always imagined making my debut for Arsenal, so to go and do it was a great feeling. And on your next appearance, you scored your first goals. That night will stay with me forever. I'm just so grateful to the boss for giving me the chance, and to the fans for welcoming me by singing my name like that. I'm just happy to have been able to help the team with a couple of goals. It was another great moment and was nice to be able to give back to the boss for believing in me. I wasn't really nervous. 
I've been scoring goals for all my life. So I've always believed that I could go out there and do it. To bring it into reality was incredible. And I wouldn't say I feel any pressure now. I'm just trying to stick to my normal game and play and train hard. So that when the next opportunity arises, I'm ready to make the impact again. How did your family and friends react? My family and friends were delighted. Most of them were at the game watching as I got them tickets. So it was a great feeling for all of us. They've all supported me along my journey, my parents especially, as they've had the biggest influence on my career. My dad has driven me everywhere, to every game, home and away, and my sister has come and supported as well. So it feels like a big reward for all the hard work that they've put in. It feels great to be able to repay them with some success. Of course, you're not the only teenager breaking through this season. It's great to be able to come through with some of the other under-23s, especially Joe, Reese, and Josh. It's been nice to be able to play with them in the first team as we're all friends and there to help each other. We talk after games and ahead of games to keep each other going and pushing each other on to reach our potentials. Do you feel as though a more permanent place in the first team is getting closer? We all realise that if you do well for the under-23s, you'll get noticed, so it gives you a reason to push on and work hard every day. We've got a good group of lads and good players, and we're all looking to reach that end goal of the first team. Now that you've become more of a familiar name to the fans, do you feel more under pressure to score with the under-23s? I feel like I'm pretty good in front of goal, and I don't feel under pressure to score. So when I'm up front, if I get a few chances, I always think I'll score. I get into good goal-scoring opportunities, and I enjoy scoring. I love the feeling. The main thing, though, is your performance. And as long as I'm happy with that, then I know the goals will come. I just focus on playing well first. I've always thought that I have an eye for goals, and it's the greatest feeling in the world for me. The feeling of hitting the back of the net and celebrating. So hopefully I can keep it going and get many more for the club. Finally, Eddie, what can you tell us about how you arrived at the club? I was at Chelsea from under 9s to under 14s and got told I wasn't going to be getting another contract, so I was released. But then a week later I got a call from Ian Gilmore, Charlie's dad, who was a scout for Arsenal. He just said that the club were interested in taking a look at me. Got me down in the next week and I trained from there on. I'd impressed, I guess, and the club offered me a contract to sign. So I've just been progressing ever since. It was a great feeling to be signed by the club. I love in a difficult time for me. It's not just the fact that I support them. It's also that Arsenal are one of the best clubs in the world. So everything at the time was perfect for me to move here and I'm delighted with my choice. Every day is an opportunity to prove I'm good enough, but I'm spiritual. So I feel like everything happens for a reason, and I believe in God. So I just think he has a plan for me. I hope I can do well for Arsenal, and do well in my career. Arsenal Youth the under-23s are held by Reading in the International Cup, but the under-18s march on.
Thursday, November 30th, 2017, Meadow Park, Premier League International Cup, Arsenal under-23s nil, Reading under-23s nil. Gunners maintain unbeaten start in the Premier League International Cup. Joe Willock came the closest to breaking the deadlock in the first half. Eddie and Katea saw a goal rolled out for offside late on in the match. Having beaten last year's winners Porto 1-0 in the opening Premier League International Cup fixture of the season, Steve Gatting's side were looking to build on a positive start against domestic neighbours Reading. Matt Lacey lined up in goal once again, behind a back three of Matthew Debuji, Giulio Peguilizalo and Ben Sheaf, while Jordi Tutu and Vlad Dragomir filled in on either side as wing-backs. Joe Willock partnered Josh De Silva in central midfield, behind Eddie Enkater and a Reese Nilsson, who were led by Juba Akpom up front. The match began slowly, with neither side able to create many chances in the opening exchanges, apart from an effort from Willock, which flashed narrowly wide at the post ten minutes in. A few minutes later, Macy was called into action to deny the Royals down low, after Danny Loder had broken through on goal. Shortly before the half-hour mark, Enkitea combined well with Dragomir to meet the Romanian's delivery inside the penalty area, but could only send his first-time shot just wide of the woodwork. Not put off by the earlier miss, Enkitea soon tried his luck once again, this time ghosting past his marker and drilling a shot on target, which was scooped up gratefully by Reading keeper George Legg. Moments later, the visitors almost opened the scoring themselves when Josh Barrett sent a teasing ball across the face of Macy's goal to the waiting Joel Rollinson, who wasn't able to make contact. Following the interval, Nelson tested leg once more, but the goalkeeper blocked his shot with his sprawling legs. Ten minutes from time, the Gunners thought they had snatched a late winner, only for the linesman to deny Enkater, who had prodded in the rebound after De Silva had seen an effort saved. Enkitea's thoughts. In the first half, we were maybe a bit slow, said the prolific young striker. The tempo was a bit slow and we didn't play to our best, but in the second half we grew into the game and created more chances. There were a couple of offside calls that were 50-50 and unfortunately didn't go our way, but I thought it was a better performance in the second half. I thought I could contribute a bit more when I went up front. I was in my natural position, playing better, so I felt like I created more chances, but it unfortunately wasn't our day, and we'll move on to the next one. The team for Arsenal, Macy, Osi Tutu, Dragomir, Sheaf, Debushi, replaced by Medley in the 65th minute, Preguzelo, Enkitea, De Silva, Agpom, replaced by Smith-Rowe in the 65th minute, Willock and Nelson, subs not used, Bola, Quito, and Gilmore. Saturday, December 2nd, 2017, Clayton Wood, Premier League Cup, Stoke City under-18s 2, Arsenal under-18s 4. The scorers for Stoke City, Toure in the 10th minute and Collins in the 47th, and the scorers for Arsenal, Amechi in the 3rd minute, Smith-Rowe in the 67th, Burton in the 75th, and Smith in the 88th. Arsenal under-18s progressed to the next round of the Premier League Cup after topping their group. The hosts took a 2-1 lead, but the young guns came roaring back. Emile Smith-Rowe scored one and created another as the Gunners rallied. With progression to the next round of the Premier League Cup on the line, 
Arsenal knew that only victory would do if we wished to win our group. With that in mind, Kwame Ampadu named a strong starting lineup, boosted by the return of Emile Smith Rowe. The Gunners set the tone for the game early on, going into an early lead courtesy of Javier Amici, who deftly chipped the ball past Mate Dexi after just three minutes. However, perhaps knowing that they needed to win also, the hosts struck back in quick fashion through Abidule Toure, who slipped the ball under Juan Virginia to level things up. Shortly before the break, Arsenal almost edged back in front when the ball fell to Toby Omoli inside the penalty area, only for the defender to see his effort turned over by Dexy. A few moments later, Stoke came close to going in front themselves, this time through Venancio de Silva Monteria, who cannoned a long-range effort off the crossbar. Soon after the interval, the host did take the lead. William Forrester slid in at the back post to prod the ball home following a corner. Knowing that the team needed to score not once but twice to get through, Smith Rowe took the game by the scruff of the neck and quickly turned things round. The England under-17s World Cup winner drew Ampudu's side level after 67 minutes, finishing off a fantastic run which started in Arsenal's half of the pitch by coolly rolling the ball past Dexy. Seven minutes later, Smith Rowe inadvertently created the third as he saw his initial effort saved and the rebound put in by Robbie Burton. With full-time nearing, Smith Rowe continued to push and set up the final goal of the game, teeing up Matt Smith on the edge of the area, who blasted the ball in at the near post. The team for Arsenal, Virginia, Daly Campbell, Omole, Benson, Ballard, Medley, Amici, replaced by Olienka in the 80th minute, Smith, Coyle, Burton and Smith Rowe. Subs not used, Thompson, Okanqua, Spencer Adams and Beckford. Young Gun, the next generation in their own words. Trey Coyle. Born Camden, January the 11th, 2001. Height and weight, 178 centimetres, 77 kilograms. School, St Aloysius College. Joined 2009, position centre mid. Boots, Nike Hypervenom. Things are looking up for me at the moment. I completed my first 90 minutes after eight months of injury in the 6-0 win over Spurs a couple of weeks ago. I ruptured my meniscus in March and had to have surgery within two days of discovering the problem. The doctors believed I must have damaged it in training but carried on playing with it and made it worse. As everyone knows, being out injured is hard but with the help of the physios, doctors and sports scientists, I'm back now. The fact that it happened towards the tail end of last season allowed me to start building up my fitness over the summer and I was able to start running properly a week into the season. What being off for so long has done is made me appreciate every second on the training ground or football pitch even more. I'm back doing what I love. What was upsetting about the timing of my injury was that even though I was a schoolboy, I was featuring in the under-18s and had trained quite a few times with the first team. The injury put that experience on hold for a while, but I was learning so much. Training with the first team meant I had less thinking time and had to do things quicker. In training games I would play in my usual role as a number 10, 
and having a player like Olivier Giroud in front of me made decision-making so much easier. He's very good to play with. A lot of players impressed me, and watching them close up was inspiring. I particularly admire Santi Carzola, whose skill and control is superb. Jack Wilshire's ability on the ball also really impressed me. I was fortunate to have Alex Iwobi and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who took me under their wing to help me. I was quite nervous at first being around the first-team players, but Ainsley helped, and as soon as we started training or playing, the nerves disappeared and I was able to express myself. Now I'm back, I'm working on my match fitness. Completing 90 minutes against Spurs was massive, and it was a big relief to complete a full game. Even though I was tired, it felt good, and beating Spurs 6-0 made it even better. Match fitness will come with more games. I'm working a lot on my heading and finishing too. I play as a number 10 and scoring goals is part of the job, as well as coming up with assists. I'm quite quick and used to play on the wing, but I like using my pace to run at defenders. I watch a lot of Neymar, his control, his passing, positioning and runs are superb and I try to bring his style into my play. I'm looking forward to tonight's game because I expect a lot of younger players to get their chance. It's special for us in the academy to see them play and the Europa League has been a good opportunity. I'm an Arsenal fan and want us to be in the Champions League next season and I fully expect us to be, but I'd have loved to have that experience. I think the fans enjoy seeing young players so their support helps boost confidence. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? My dad. What's the best aspect of your game? Creativity. And what do you still need to work on? Heading. Which team did you support as a boy? Arsenal. Who did you pretend to be in the playground? Ronaldinho. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Maradona versus England. Which current player would you most like to play against? Neymar. What's been the greatest moment of your career so far? Goal against Barcelona. If you had to sing one song to save your life, which would it be? Drake signs. What's your most valuable possession? My phone. Aside from P.E., which was your best subject at school? Maths. What other sports are you good at? Basketball. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Champions League or World Cup? Champions League. Instagram or Snapchat? Snapchat. Home kit or away kit? Away kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Sliders. Long-range goal or dribble through the team? Dribble through the team. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Heading, Taris John Jules. Skills, James Olienka. Vision, Jordan McAneff. Commitment, Harrison Clark. Strength, 
Bonte Daly Campbell, Trainer Harrison Clark, Touch Savas Morgas, Right Foot Matt Smith. Arsenal's European Firsts. Football historian John Sperling takes a look back at some landmark moments from our time in European competition. It's a season of firsts for the Gunners in Europe, a new experience in tasting the Europa League in its current incarnation. For the first time, a host of European debuts for our next generation of homegrown talent and tonight, a first ever home meeting with a team from Belarus. So it seems appropriate to celebrate those facts by looking back at some key Arsenal European firsts. From our continental debut in 1963, via a host of landmarks to some more recent record-breaking performances, sit back and enjoy your Arsenal European tour. First opponents, Arsenal qualified for the 1963-64 Intercity Fairs Cup competition via the most obscure qualifying criteria. The Gunners finished 7th in the 1st Division, but none of the teams above them were eligible as the cities they were based in had not held the requisite annual trade fair. The Gunners' opponents in the first round were Starvent, who were effectively an amateur Copenhagen eleven, although they occasionally borrowed players from outside the Danish capital. Unlike Arsenal, Starvnet were seasoned Fairs Cup veterans, having already appeared in the competition five times. Their track record wasn't great, however, and they had suffered heavy defeats against Barcelona, Chelsea, Hibernian and Dynamo Zagreb on their previous European adventures. Although officially active until 1994, the 1963-64 campaign represented Stavnitz's final dabble in European competition. First scorer, former Hibernian winger Johnny McLeod was already a seasoned European campaigner when he joined Arsenal in 1961. In fact, his superb display for Hibs in the new camp during a 4-4 draw was so memorable that Barcelona attempted to buy him before he signed for Arsenal. It was McLeod who has the honour of being the first Gunners player to score in Europe, netting the first in Arsenal's 7-1 hammering of Stavnet in Copenhagen. I dribbled through and struck the ball past the goalkeeper's right hand from around 15 yards, the Scots later recalled. First hat-trick. Stavnet were an extremely physical side, and Johnny McLeod recalled, they had it in for me, but Arsenal, who had won four league games prior to their Copenhagen excursion, were robust enough to punish the Danes for a raft of defensive errors. With Arsenal already 2-0 up, George Eastham sliced open the Danes' defence to set up Jeff Strong and following an intricate interchange of passes between Laurie Brown and Joe Baker, Strong grabbed his second in the 35th minute. He completed his first half hat-trick in the 40th minute when his long-range shot slipped through the Starvnet goalkeeper's hands. First final. After negotiating, 
their way past Glen Torrent, Sporting Lisbon, Rouen, Dinamo, Bacau and Ajax, Bertie Mies Arsenal reached the Fairs Cup final against Anderlecht in April 1970. Seemingly down and out in Brussels, Ray Kennedy's late consolation in a 3-1 first leg defeat gave them a glimmer of hope for the return leg at Highbury. On an incredible night of intensity in N5, Arsenal won 3-0 with goals from Eddie Kelly, John Radford and John Samuels in front of an ecstatic 50,000-plus crowd and ended Arsenal's 17-year trophy drought. First penalty shootout win. Arsenal had endured heartbreak in their first European penalty shootout, losing to Valencia in the European Cup Winners' Cup final in 1980 after Graham Ricks's spot kick was saved. But the Gunners were in jubilant form after David Seaman's heroics steered them past Italian side Sampdoria in the semi-final of the same competition in 1995. After a thrilling tie ended 5-5 on aggregate, the England goalkeeper had already saved two spot kicks before clawing away Attilio Lombardo's drilled effort to ensure that Stuart Houston's men safely navigated a European penalty shootout for the first time. First English team to win at Real Madrid. The Spaniards were odds-on to defeat Arsene Wenger's men following a 0-0 draw at Highbury in the first leg of the 2005-06 Champions League round of 16. But a stunning goal by Thierry Henry helped Arsenal to a 1-0 victory at the Bernabeu. The brilliant Frenchman shrugged off Real's defenders to push the ball past Ike Casillas just a minute into the second half and the goal took Arsenal into the last eight where they beat Juventus en route to the final. First time behind the Iron Curtain. Arsenal were regular travellers to Eastern Europe and East Germany and Yugoslavia especially in the late 1970s. Terry Neal's side faced both Magdeburg and Lokomotiv Leipzig from the former and Hajduk Split and Red Star Belgrade from the latter in the UEFA and Cup Winners' Cups. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But the Gunners' first visit behind the Iron Curtain came in 1970 when they flew to Romania to face Dinamo Bacau in the Fairs Cup quarter-final. There were some jokes about spies and watching what we were saying to each other, laughed Don Howie, but the welcome we received was marvellous. At the airport, the Arsenal team was greeted by girls in national costume and each player was presented with a bouquet of flowers. Bertie Mee's men weren't distracted from their task, however, running out 2-0 winners on the night, thanks to goals from John Radford and John Samuels, and triumphing 9-1 on aggregate. First aggregate victory on away goals. Seven years after Arsenal lost their grip on the Fairs Cup, following an away goal defeat against FC Cologne, Terry Neal's gunners edged past Hajduk Split, in the UEFA Cup on November 1st, 1978. Largely outplayed in Yugoslavia, Arsenal lost 2-1 and appeared to be heading out of the competition at Highbury in the return leg, before burly Scottish defender Willie Young popped up with an 85th minute header that saw Neil's side progress on away goals and sparked scenes of jubilation in N5. I love the big man, gushed Neil afterwards. First English team to win at Juventus. Few gave Arsenal much of a chance when they faced the might of Juve in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final second leg in April 1980, following a 1-1 draw at Highbury. After all, no British side had left the Stadio Comunale with a victory in 25 years of European competition. Yet, with the game heading towards the 0-0 draw, that would see Juventus progress to the final, the Old Lady seemed unsure whether to sit and defend or probe for a late winner. Their uncertainty cost them. Late in the game, Graham Ricks curled in a perfect cross for substitute striker Paul Vassen to head home. The 66,386 crowd was reduced to stunned silence as jubilant Gunners players celebrated at the final whistle. In the mix. Everything you need to know and plenty you don't about an Arsenal based topic. This time, hat tricks. 1. The last opposition player to score a hat trick away to Arsenal was Coventry City's Mick Quinn in a 3 0 win at Highbury in August 1993. That was 675 home matches ago. 2. Arsenal have won 42 of the 44 games in which they've scored hat-tricks under Arsene Wenger. The aggregate score from those matches is 206 to 47. 3. Alexis Sanchez became the first player to score hat-tricks in league football in Spain, Italy and England when he netted a treble against Leicester in September 2015. 4. Jack Lambert scored seven hat-tricks during the 1930-31 season, a feat matched by Ted Drake four seasons later. 5. 
our next hat-trick in the Premier League will be our 200th all-time in league football. 6. Theo Walcott and Ian Wright are the only players to score hat-tricks for Arsenal in the League, FA Cup and League Cup. 7. We have scored 238 hat-tricks in all competitions by 102 different players. 8. There have been 10 instances of two Arsenal hat-tricks being scored in the same game and one game that featured three Arsenal hat-tricks in 1892. 9. Ian Wright broke the club's goal-scoring record with a hat-trick against Bolton Wanderers in 1997. 10. Emmanuel Adebayor became the first player in Premier League history to score home and away hat-tricks against the same opposition in the same season – claiming the match ball against Derby County twice in 2007 and 2008. 11. The last player to score more than three goals in a game for England was Arsenal's Ian Wright against San Marino in November 1993. 12. In late 1951, Doug Lishman scored hat-tricks in three successive home games against Fulham, West Brom and Bolton, having recovered from a broken leg earlier that year. 13. The last Arsenal player to score a hat-trick yet finish on the losing team was Jimmy Brain when Derby County beat Arsenal 4-3 at Highbury way back on February the 4th, 1928. 14. Ian Wright and Jermaine Pennant are the only two Arsenal players to score hat-tricks on their full league debuts. 15. Jay Simpson scored the first hat-trick at Emirates Stadium albeit not in a first-team match. The youngster netted three at home to Cardiff City for the under-18s in an FA Youth Cup match in February 2007. And 16. Dennis Bergkamp's first-ever game for Arsenal was a pre-season friendly against Kristianstads in Sweden and the Dutchman scored a six-minute hat-trick in an 8-1 win. 17. Leicester City have been on the receiving end of more Arsenal hat-tricks than any other side, 12. 18. At 19 years and 177 days, Theo Walcott became England's youngest ever hat-trick scorer with a triple away to Croatia in September 2008. 19. Our 238 hat-tricks include 34 instances when a player scored more than three in a game. This includes the seven that Ted Drake famously bagged away to Aston Villa in December 1935. Arsenal Women Leia Williamson was a surprise guest at a recent community event at The Hub by Michael Donlevy. Here's Leia. Leia Williamson recently spent an enjoyable afternoon at The Hub, home of Arsenal in the community. The Arsenal Women's star met participants from three community programmes before meeting three girls who had reached out to Leia through social media. Tyra Mills, Maisie Hayden and Samantha Richard contacted Leia with the hope to meet up, so she surprised them by popping into the community hub to see them. The three B-tackers enjoyed an afternoon with their favourite player, and she gave them a signed England shirt worn by herself in one of her recent international meetups. Arsenal B-tack Tyra, Maisie and Samantha were keen to tell Leia all about the B-tack course. The BTEC Level 3, previously YTS, sits alongside the Arsenal Gap Year Scheme and the Arsenal Foundation Degree 
to offer a range of coach education opportunities. Combining education alongside the opportunity to gain invaluable practical coaching experience gives students a great platform for further development. From the course's base in the Arsenal hub next to Emirates Stadium, participants will gain the necessary knowledge and skills to progress towards employment or further education. The full-time course helps teach students the key elements of community sports coaching with a particular focus on football. Students will also receive coaching experience and will be mentored towards a variety of FA qualifications. The Arsenal traineeship programme has been a cornerstone of Arsenal in the community since the 1980s. More than 1,000 individuals have come through the programme since its creation, including Arsenal women's star Rachel Yankee, Millwall FC first-team physiotherapist Nick Irwin, and professional freestylers Paul Wood and Billy Wingrove, F2. Girls Football League one of the projects Lair was keen to see was the girls' football programme delivered by Arsenal in the community and Arsenal women in Islington, Camden, Hackney and Hartsmere to inspire and motivate girls aged 11-plus to play football. Funded by the Premier League Charitable Fund and the Football Association, sessions are delivered across the week in a range of school and community venues. A key part of the programme is the Girls' Football League that takes place at the Arsenal Hub on Thursdays after school. 24 teams from 14 schools engaging 140 participants visit the Hub and play in the indoor facilities. The league season runs alongside the academic year for girls aged 11 to 13 and 14 to 16. During her visit, Leia met a number of girls on the programme and spoke to the teachers. Leia joins the senior squad. While we're talking about Leia, everyone at Arsenal Women were thrilled that she was finally called up for Mo Marley's full England squad for their recent World Cup qualifiers against Bosnia and Herzegovina and Kazakhstan. Though she was an unused substitute, she was thrilled to get her first call-up. The 20-year-old said, I think it's just everybody's dream, isn't it? It's got to be everybody's first major goal from the minute that they first kick a football. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to play for their country, so it's a huge honour. Lair received the news in a rather unusual manner. Dan Carter texted me. I didn't even understand what she said. There were just random words and lots of emojis, so I had no idea, she laughs. I was a bit confused and then got a couple more texts through on my phone, one from my best mate, who also got called up. I rang my mum straight away, obviously. She'd be mad with me if I didn't. I actually had a little cry really quickly for about five seconds, but I'm glad I felt that way, as much as you always thought it would. I'm just very proud. I love my country and representing my country, so getting closer to that is just part of the dream. Match action. Arsenal against Manchester United. Saturday, December the 2nd, 2017. Kick-off 17.30. Premier League. Game number 23. Weather cloudy. 
Arsenal 1, Lacazetta 49th minute, Manchester United 3, Valencia 4th minute, Lingard 11th and 63rd minute. Venue, Emirates Stadium, referee, Andre Mariner, attendance, 59,547. Arsenal team, 33, Czech, 6, Koscielny, 20, Mustafi, substituted 15th minute. 18. Monreal, yellow card. 24. Bellerin, yellow card. 8. Ramsey. 29. Zaka, substituted, 70th minute. 31. Kolasinac, substitute, 76th minute. 11. Ozil. 7. Alexis. 9. Lacazetta. Substitutes. 4. Mertesacker. 10. Wiltshire. 12. Giroud. Substitute, 76th minute. 13. Ospina. 17. Iwobi. Substitute, 15th minute. 23. Welbeck. Substitute, 70th minute. 34. Coquelin. Manchester United. Number 1. De Hoy. 2. Lindelhoff. 12. Smalling. 5. Rojo. Yellow card. 25. Valencia. 6. Pogba. Red card. 31. Matic. 18. Young. Substitute 90th minute. 14. Lingard. Substitute 76th minute. 9. Lukaku. 11. Martial. Substitutes. 21. Herrera. Yellow card. Substitute 67th minute. 17. Blind. 19. Rashford. Substitute 90th minute. 8. Mata. 20. Romero. 36. Darmian. Substitute 76th minute. 39. McTominay. Match facts. This was our first home defeat in the Premier League since January. David De Hoy made 14 saves in the game, the joint most in a Premier League game since 2003-2004. Alexandre Lacazette has scored more home goals in the Premier League this season than any other player. 6. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal, 33. Manchester United, 8. Shots on target. Arsenal, 16. Manchester United, 8. Corners. Arsenal, 12. Manchester United, 1. Offsides. Arsenal, 4. Manchester United, 0. Fouls. Arsenal, 11. Manchester United, 10. Possession. Arsenal, 75%. Manchester United, 25%. Man of the match, Alexandre Lacazette. First half. The game got off to a nightmare start for the Gunners, who had been full of confidence on a 12-game winning streak in the league. With less than four minutes on the clock, Laurent Koscielny's loose pass was cut out by Antonio Valencia, who swapped passes with Paul Pogba before firing home. Moments later, it got worse. Skodran Mustafi lost possession on the edge of the box, and Jesse Lingard doubled the lead. Arsenal then dominated the rest of the half, but David De Hoy denied Alex Lacazetti, Hector Bellerin and Sead Kolasinac. Second half. Early in the second half, our attacking play was rewarded when Aaron Ramsey beat the offside trap to set up Lacazette and the Frenchman rifled home from close range. The Gunners were well on top again, but once more, De Hoy was United saviour making a fine double stop from Lacazette, then Alexis. 
The visitors hit back when Lingard scored his second on the break. Podba was sent off with 17 minutes remaining for a dangerous tackle on Bellerin and although the Gunners continued to pile forward, De Hoy proved an impenetrable force in the United goal. The visitors, Bait Borisov, recently retained their Belarusian title in dramatic circumstances, writes Mike Hammond. A 12th successive national title was not clinched until six minutes into stoppage time of Bates' 30th and final league fixture, losing 3-2 away to mid-table FC Gorodea in a match they had to draw to retain their championship crown on the head-to-head rule from Dynamo Minsk. They somehow found the equaliser they required to prolong their lengthy run of title successes. With Montenegrin Milan Avinic, the hero of the day, as he found the net with seconds remaining. That amazing title triumph, which had seemed unlikely for a large part of the season, with both Dynamo and Shakitor Soligorsk launching a concerted challenge to dethrone the perennial champions, came three days after a disappointing goalless draw at home to Red Star in the Europa League that leaves progress to the knockout stages for bait unlikely. Currently propping up the table on five points, Bate can only go through as runners-up to the Gunners if they win at Emirates Stadium this evening. And the other group encounter between Red Star and Cologne in Belgrade ends in a draw. It's a tall order for a club that has competed in no fewer than eight European group stages, five in the Champions League, three in the Europa League, but has finished in the top two just once back in 2010-11 when they finished second in the Europa League section and went on to hold Paris Saint-Germain to two draws in the round of 32, only to be eliminated on the away goals rule. Bates were formed only in 1996 and did not make their first appearance in Europe until 1999, but thanks to their monopoly of the Belarusian Championship, they have become annual participants on the continental stage, regularly punching above their weight and making frequent appearances among Europe's elite each autumn. They once posted successive 3-1 wins against Lille and Bayern Munich in the Champions League and won on their only previous visit to these shores, beating Everton 1-0 at Goodison Park in the 2009-10 Europa League. Tonight's game is the 12th of Bates' current European campaign. They started out in the second qualifying round of the Champions League, where they overcame Armenian champions Alashket before falling victim a round later on away goals to Slavia Prague, nil one away and 2-1 at home, that put them into the Europa League playoffs, where they saw off Ukrainian side Alexandria 3-2 on aggregate to qualify for the group stage. They opened up with a one-all draw at Red Star before losing 4-2 to Arsenal in their opening home fixture. A 1-0 win at home over Cologne boosted their hopes of further progress before the German club trounced them 5-2 in the return. That goalless draw at home to Red Star last time out has left qualification out of their hands, but as Bate demonstrated on the domestic front, fighting until the bitter end can often lead to precious rewards. A brief history... Formed in 1996, Stadium Borisov Arena, stadium capacity 13,126. Manager Alexander Yermakovich. What's in a name? BAIT is an acronym for Borisov Automobile and Tractor Electronics. In focus, the captain number 20, Vitaly Rodionov, 
Forward, born Vitebsk, Belarus, 11th of December 1983. Previously with Lokomotiv Vitebsk, Torpedo Giordino and Freiburg on loan. Barring a short interlude in Germany with Freiburg in 2009, the bait skipper has spent the past dozen years with the Borisov club, becoming a serial champion in that time and appearing in 95 European matches. His tally of 20 European goals is the most ever by a Belarusian player and includes Champions League strikes in wins over Lille and Bayern Munich. He turns 34 next week and remains an influential figure at the club, having found the net in each of Bates' last two league games to help both the team and himself to a 12th successive domestic title. Number 19. Nemanja Milunovic, defender, born Kazakh, Serbia, 31st of May 1989. Previously with Borac Kazakh and Mlados Luchani, a tall Serbian centre-back who started all but one of Bates' 11 European fixtures this season. Milunovic has just completed his third domestic season with the club, winning a third straight Belarusian title. A commanding figure in the bait rear guard, he struck two goals last month in a 4-2 win at Torpedo Giordino. That proved crucial in the club's championship triumph and was also on target in the Europa League during the 5-2 defeat at Cologne. Capped three times by Serbia, he spent five and a half seasons with Mlados Luciani in his homeland before moving to Belarus in early 2015. Number 10, Mirko Ivanic, midfielder, born Vaki Jarak, Serbia, 13th of September 1993. Previously with Vojvodina, Proleta Novi Sad, on loan. The man of the moment for bait, with his last gasp equaliser against Gorodea, his second goal of the game, in the title-deciding match on November 26th, Ivanic has enjoyed two fine seasons with the club since arriving in early 2016. He won the Serbian Cup with previous club Vojvodina in 2014, and although he played under-21 football for his native Serbia, he since switched his allegiance to Montenegro and started their last three 2018 World Cup qualifiers. The bait number 10 scored all three goals in the club's Europa League playoff win over Alexandria, plus their first goal in the 4-2 home defeat by Arsenal. The manager, Alexander Yamakovic, born January 21, 1975. Previously with Bait Borisov, assistant 2008-13. Bait's head coach has been involved in every one of the club's 12th successive Belarusian Premier League titles since 2006. In fact, he has 14 championship winners' medals in his collection, having also played in the teams that triumphed in 1999 and 2002. The 42-year-old former midfielder was a title winner as a player also from 2006 to 2008, before hanging up his boots and becoming the assistant coach to Viktor Goncharenko, now in charge of the CSKA Moscow side that visited Manchester United this week. Four further titles followed in that role before he took over as the main man in October 2013, since when another five have been added, as well as a couple of participations in the Champions League group stage. The Breakdown Scouting Report Bait have nothing to lose tonight, writes Michael Cox. Bait Borisov arrive at the Emirates knowing that only a victory will be good enough for progression to the latter stages of the Europa League, which means Alexander Yamakovich's side will have to attack. 
They've been involved in two highly eventful matches in this competition already. A 4-2 defeat in the reverse fixture and a 5-2 defeat away at Cologne, which would suggest that in open matches, Bates' defence tends to become overrun. Jumakovic is a popular figure at Bate. After 10 years as a player, he retired to become the club's assistant before stepping up to the top job in 2013. He's won five straight league titles and recorded some impressive European results like a 2-1 victory against Athletic Bilbao in 2014 and a 3-2 win over Roma the next season. Jumakovic will deploy a standard 4-2-3-1 system tonight, which will look more like 4-4-1-1 for long periods, with the attacking midfielders expected to get through their share of defensive work. In goal, youngster Denis Sherbitsky is a hugely imposing figure, but looks nervous with the ball at his feet and made a dreadful error for a Theo Walcott goal in the reverse fixture. Nemanja Milinovic is a typically imposing Serbian centre-back, while Vitali Geducic is a smaller and more mobile figure. Left-back Denis Polyakov is a steady performer and a regular for the Belarus national side, but the real interest at full-back comes from the opposite flank. Alexei Rios has enjoyed an outstanding Europa League campaign, regularly storming forward on the overlap before swinging deep, curling crosses into the box. He's managed three assists so far with his pinpoint crosses and should be considered one of Bates' main threats, although he can be exposed defensively against quick dribblers. In central midfield, Stanislav Dragan and Alexander Volodko are unspectacular, but hard-working and positionally disciplined midfielders who battle in front of the defence and distribute the ball unfussily out wide. In the final third, Bates offered genuine quality, Right-sided Mikhail Gordachuk is a diminutive, talented player with a fine goal-scoring record in the Belarusian top flight who regularly arrives at the far post when the ball is on the other flank. On the left, Igor Stasevich is more an up-and-down wide midfielder who can dribble dangerously on the break. The side's most talented player is Mirko Ivanich, who wears the number 10 shirt. The Montenegro international is tricky in possession and regularly fouled by opponents, is capable of shooting from long range and can also break into the box to provide a headed threat when the ball's wide. Up front, veteran Vitaly Rodionov and the younger Nikolai Signovich have shared striking responsibilities. The latter seems more likely to start here and has offered a consistent goal-scoring threat in the competition, scoring away at Red Star and Cologne, the latter a truly magnificent bicycle kick from one of Rios's brilliant right-wing crosses. Bate might not see much of the ball tonight, they've averaged just 43.5% of possession so far, but they have the quality to cause what is likely to be a youthful Arsenal team genuine problems. Did you know? The city of Borisov is relatively small to host a team so dominant in its domestic league, with 180,000 residents. Belarus's capital Minsk has a population of just over 2 million. Bait Borisov have won the Belarusian Premier League 12 times in a row and recently won the league by scoring a 96th-minute equaliser to edge Dynamo Minsk to the title. Olivier Giroud scored his 100th Arsenal goal when we visited Bait in September. Last time we met, 28th of September 2017. Bait Borisov 2, Arsenal 4. 
The scorers for Bate Borisov, Ivanich in the 28th minute and Gordejuk in the 67th. The scorers for Arsenal, Walcott in the 9th and the 22nd minutes, Holding in the 25th minute and Giroud from a penalty in the 49th minute. The side for Bate Borisov. Shebitsky, Gerdichik, Milinovic, Polyakov replaced by M. Volodko in the 24th minute, Dragon, Ivanich, Rios, Stazovic, A. Volodko replaced by Baga in the 85th minute, Gordichuk, Rodionov replaced by Signovic in the 55th minute. Subs not used, Verenko, Beredskin, the Jablonski and Tuomininen. The side for Arsenal, Ospina, Holding, Mustafi, Mertesacker, Nelson, replaced by Maguen in the 79th minute, Elnene, Willock, replaced by Enkatea in the 89th minute, Maitland-Niles, Wilshire, Giroud and Walcott. Subs not used, Macy, Dragomir, Gilmore, Akpom and De Silva. The last five results in Europe. Red Star Belgrade 1, Bate Borisov 1, Thursday, September 14th. Bate Borisov 2, Arsenal 4, Thursday, September 28th. Bate Borisov 1, Cologne 0, Thursday, October 19th. Cologne 5, Bate Borisov 2, Thursday, November 2nd. Bate Borisov 0, Red Star Belgrade 0, Thursday, November 23rd. Last five league seasons... In 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014 and 2013, they were champions. Memory Lane Number 1. Former gunner Alex Hleb has had three spells at Bait Borisov from the 1st of August 1999 to the 31st of May 2000. From the 1st of July 2012 to the 27th of January 2014, and from the 7th of August 2015 to the 15th of January 2016. 2. He spent three years and four days as an Arsenal player after joining on July 12, 2005 and made his debut a month later in a 2-1 Community Shield defeat against Chelsea on August 7th at the Millennium Stadium. The run. Arsenal are unbeaten in their last seven home games in the Europa League UEFA Cup, winning five and drawing two, scoring 12 and conceding just three. Arsenal's all-time record in European competition played 284, won 149, drawn 62, lost 79, goals 4, 4, 7, 9, against 295. That sums it all up. 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team one Arsenal's second double and on a night when we expect to see an academy-inspired Arsenal team, we profiled three youngsters who made a big impact in season 1997-98. While this season's young guns have already propelled us into the last 32, back in 1997-98, this trio of starlets certainly made significant contributions to our first double since 1971. Nicholas Anelka Martin Keown's assessment of Nicholas Anelka on the first occasion when he saw the Gallic youngster put through his paces at London Colney is full of superlatives. 
Absolutely unbelievable. The best young player I saw turn up to work was Nicholas Anelka at 17. He was lightning. As for Lee Dixon, himself no slouch, after a decade of battling some of the finest strikers in the land, he was just incredible, something else, pretty much unplayable, his speed, wow. He had arrived for a cut price £500,000 from Paris Saint-Germain in early 1997. Like many early Wenger signings, unknown and untried, but after just a handful of training sessions, it was abundantly clear Arsenal had a rare and precocious talent on their hands. The Versailles-born striker, still in his teens, showed glimpses of magic in the latter stages of the 1996-97 season, notably in a 3-1 win at Derby County. But he shot to prominence when he netted his first goal for the Gunners in a thrilling 3-2 win over Manchester United in December. It was his coming-of-age following a period, if truth be told, when he looked a little overawed in his new surroundings. But once talisman Ian Wright was sidelined through injury, Anelka stepped up to the plate, scoring six league goals in the double year. He capped his first full season with a glorious goal in the 2-0 FA Cup final win over Newcastle chesting the ball before firing home with a plomb past Shea Given. All roads pointed to a new Highbury hero for the new millennium, particularly when 90s hero Wright moved on in the summer of 1998. He was our leading scorer the following season and voted PFA Young Player of the Year. But the transient youngster would soon get itchy feet and move on to Real Madrid, triggering a succession of moves over the next decade. The colossal transfer fee, £23.5 million, eased the blow at Highbury. But there's no doubt, few Arsenal players have made such a huge impact in such a short time. Stephen Hughes, in 1998, Ivan Ponting's excellent Arsenal player-by-player book described Stephen Hughes as potentially Arsenal's most exciting homegrown player of the 90s. The Berkshire-born midfielder was certainly the next standout English youngster. The fact he had a left foot, even among some, saw his name mentioned in the same breath as Liam Brady, but that was just wishful thinking. What was clear was Hughes was highly thought of by youth team coach George Armstrong and Arsene Wenger. An FA Youth Cup winner back in 1994, he had even been rewarded with a new five-year contract on the eve of the 1997-98 campaign. Hughes had also been capped by his country at under-21 level, skippering the Young Lions. The sky was the limit. So what went wrong? Well, very little to start with. He had shown glimpses of his undoubted quality the previous season, but the acquisition of Emmanuel Petit and Mark Overmars stunted his first team opportunities. When they came, however, he took his chance with both hands, as he made his own contribution to our double. Hughes's moment in the Highbury Sun arrived in February 1998, when he netted both goals. 
the first a 20-yard effort, the second a brave header in a 2-0 win over Chelsea. Popular in the dressing room, hugely effective on the pitch and with a growing maturity for all to see, Hughes looked like Anelka, a nailed-on first-teamer for the new millennium. He made 17 appearances in that double season, 10 from the bench, but Freddie Jungberg's signing early the following season hindered his path to the first team, just as he appeared to be getting ahead of steam. Hughes made a further appearance in a 3-0 charity shield win over Manchester United and scored a memorable strike against Leicester City, but his appearances tapered off and in March 2000 he moved to Everton a transfer met with genuine disappointment by most Arsenal fans, but nobody could take 1997-98 away. I played with heroes, so I can't complain. It was brilliant. That double season is one I will never forget, he said years later. But a club like that was going to attract top players from around the globe. I spoke to the manager and he said I was never going to play regularly being behind Vieira and Petit is no disgrace. Alex Manninger, the young Austrian, arrived at the same time as Anelka in the early spring of 1997 from Casino Graz. It seemed a standard low-key transfer, a young player with potential who didn't have a hope of the first team for at least the next five years with the imperious David Seaman, nicknamed the goalie around London Colney, number one for both club and country. But the competitive, studious 20-year-old's time would come far quicker than anticipated. When Seaman was unexpectedly ruled out in early 1998 for two months, at a time when Arsenal were just recovering from a stuttering few weeks of ignominious defeats and internal division, the call went out to the young blonde custodian, and he didn't disappoint. Manager proceeded to keep six successive clean sheets in the league, and he wasn't sitting back admiring the attack. His heroics saved many a game, a clutch of outstanding saves, keeping champions Manchester United at bay at Old Trafford on March 14th as the Gunners won 1-0 to wrestle the initiative away from Alex Ferguson's side. In the FA Cup, he kept out Ayal Berkovic's spot kick as Arsenal won their quarter-final at West Ham in a thrilling penalty shootout. This was one of five cup appearances that season. Although manager only made seven Premier League appearances, three short of the ten needed to be eligible for a winner's medal, his significant contribution was recognised when he was given special dispensation and received one from the Premiership. It was no more than he deserved. Jason Crow, Capped three times by England at under-20 level, the right-back has the unenviable record of the fastest debut sending off in English football history. Being shown a straight red by Uriah Rennie just 33 seconds after coming on as a sub in the League Cup tie with Birmingham City on October 14, 1997. He only appeared in one other game that season, again as a sub, in the FA Cup fifth round win over Crystal Palace. One more cup appearance followed the following season before he was sold to Portsmouth for £1 million in July 1999. 
went on to make over 400 appearances for Northampton Town, Grimsby Town, Leeds United, Leighton Orient and Brentford. Gavin McGowan Like Hughes, the Blackheath-born defender was a member of the 1994 FA Youth Cup winning squad. He made just one sub-appearance, playing the final 10 minutes of the 1-0 win over Crystal Palace in February 1998, but also spent a significant period on loan at Luton Town. He moved to Bedfordshire permanently in the summer of 1998, but left three years later, drifting into non-league football before becoming a PE teacher in South London. Isaiah Rankin The Edmonton-born forward only appeared once in the Premier League, in a North London derby no less, the 1-1 draw with Tottenham in December 1997. Rankin had joined the club as a youngster, but his path to the first team was extremely tough, and he was sold to Bradford City at the end of the double season. He was impatient, said Arsene Wenger at the time. I thought that he wouldn't naturally make it this season, and he needed some first-team games. If you are sure he won't play for you this season, you give him a chance to make a career somewhere else. I'm happy for him. Rankin played for 12 professional clubs, making nearly 400 appearances, before ending his career in 2014 back in North London at Isthmian League Hendon. The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. You may well have read, heard about or even seen Fever Pitch, the opera and the Arsenal Foundation played a part in bringing performances and workshops to local school children. Singer Rachel Maybe was there. I'm youth director for local community opera charity Highbury Opera Theatre. Hot. We recently put on a production of Fever Pitch the Opera at the Union Chapel and with financial support from the Arsenal Foundation gave two school performances to 900 local children, completely free of charge. We also ran workshops before the performances so various leaders, musicians and singers went to seven local schools over the course of a week in September to engage the children who would be going to the shows. We taught them a song from the opera, Walk the Walk, so they could sing along on the day. We told the story of the opera and introduced its characters so the kids could follow the action more easily. We also performed excerpts from the show, a song here and there to give them a taste. These workshops were really great for warming the kids up and getting them interested in the actual experience on the day in the Union Chapel. Seeing them joining in on the day was brilliant. HOT is committed to enhancing the music education opportunities for children in the borough. Alongside each production we put on, we run workshops in local schools that encourage creativity and a greater understanding of opera as an art form through musically engaging activities. The fact that Fever Pitch is so heavily based around Arsenal certainly helped us attract interest from local schools full of football fans. We also have an auditioned youth chorus for children ages 9 to 16. This gives performance training to local children who show both musical and theatrical potential and a real passion for performance. I was brought up in Highbury, close enough to the Arsenal to hear the crowds cheer. As a child, I attended the Arsenal Soccer School on a Friday night, 
receiving coaching from Arsenal ladies players such as Ellen Maggs. I vividly remember the immense pride I felt when Arsenal ladies won the Premier League Cup in 1999. I was standing outside Highbury Fields, smiling as I waved the players past, and Ellen shouted back, Hello, Rachel. She was a down-to-earth and caring coach who shared such love and enthusiasm for the game. Alongside playing football, I spent many evenings after school taking part in local music activities, and it was a love of singing in choirs that inspired me to study professionally. I've been on the committee of HOT since September 2016, and have such admiration for my colleagues, who all share an immense passion for music-making in the community. For more information, visit hybridoperatheatre.com. Teams for Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 2. Mathieu Debussy 4. Per Matasaka 6. Laurent Koscielny 7. Alexis Sanchez 8. Aaron Ramsey 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Jank Wilshire 11. Mesut Ozil 12. Olivier Giroud 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper 14. Theo Walcott 16. Rob Holding 17. Alex Iwobi 18. Nacho Monreal 19. Santi Carzola 20. Shkodran Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Jeff Huen Adelaide 23. Danny Welbeck 24. Hector Bellerin 29. Granit Xhaka 30. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 31. Siad Kalasinak 32. Chuba Akpom 33. Petra Jack, goalkeeper 34. Francis Coquelin 35. Mohamed Elneny 43. Josh Da Silva 44. Vlad Dragomir 47. Charlie Gilmore 50. Dan Ilyev, goalkeeper 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 58. Marcus McGain 61. Reese Nelson 62. Eddie Nketia 63. Jordi Osetutu 65. Ben Sheaf 69. Joe Willock For Bait Borisov Manager Alexandra Yamakovich, Blue shirt, shorts and socks with yellow trim. 3. Vitali Garducic. 5. Evgeny Ablonsky. 6. Eureka Buldyat. 7. Evgeny Bereskin. 8. Alexandra Volodko. 9. Anas Ruzovic. 10. Mirko Ivanich. 13. Nikolai Sinjevich. 14. Atur Peak. 16. Sergei Veremko, goalkeeper. 17. Alexei Rios. 19. Nemanja Milunovic. 20. Vitaly Rodionov. 21. Stanislas Dragon. 22. Igor Stasevic. 24. Jase Tuomenen. 25. Dmitry Baga. 30. Alexei Chernich, goalkeeper. 33. Denis Polyakov. 34. Artem Shkurdyuk, 35. Anton Chichkan, goalkeeper, 36. Alexei Karnovich, 37. Ilya Sen, 42. Maxim Volodko, 44. Vladislav Malkovich, 45. Vladislav Mukhamadov, 48. 
Dennis Scherbitsky, goalkeeper. 62. Mikhail Gorechuk. 80. Valerian Gavilya. Tonight's officials are from Austria. Referee, Robert Skogenhofer. Assistant referees, Marcus Gutschke, Roland Riedel. Additional assistants, Marcus Hammeter, René Eisner. Fourth official, Andreas Wichnik. Tonight's other fixture in Group H, Red Star Belgrade versus FC Cologne at 8.05pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday programme. MBNA, official partner of Arsenal. The perfect match. Working together to make good stuff happen for fans. MBNA is a responsible lender. Credit cards issued by MBNA Limited. Credit is available subject to status to UK residents age 18 or over. Switch, save, and win. Catch your bell. Win Arsenal prizes and do something for the planet. This season we're giving Arsenal fans even more chances to win great prizes with an exciting new competition. Of course, you can still get the same 100% green electricity that powers Emirates Stadium for your home. And it's less than the price of the average standard tariff from the big suppliers. Sign up today at afc.octopus.energy for more chances to win. Octopus Energy, official energy partner with Arsenal. Switch online now at afc.octopus.energy. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade. Win from within. Copyright 2013. S-VC.H. Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of s-vc.e. Do everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates. Even on a budget. 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 